How are you now? How are you now? So in game five, folks, we got a lot of hockey left to play this season. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bottom Six Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and the Habs made their first visit to Buffalo uh, tonight, or last night, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, to take on the surprisingly struggling Buffalo Sabres. The Habs, uh, perhaps surprisingly on, in their own right, have been a little bit better than expected this season. So um, not too sure what to expect going into this one. Uh, we're going to get to the recap, but first we got another word from one of our sponsors, and it's a Texas showdown in the postseason, and Bet Online is your number one source for all your baseball wagering info with up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals for baseball, the NFL, college football. All at your fingertips with Bet Online's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. We have everything you need to stay up to speed on each LCS all the way through to the World Series. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And this game certainly started. <laughs> um... I don't know what I can really say about the the first period other than it was not the best that I've seen the Montreal Canadiens play, certainly not in the early goings. For the first three minutes or so, they were basically hemmed in their own zone. But then they started to get going, and they started to kind of take over the five-on-five play a little bit. Um, Good pressure by the third line little bit into the game. Uh, puck gets back to Arbor Jacki at the point. He puts it on. A long rebound comes all the way back out the other side to Justin Barron at the other point. He steps into it and he scores his first of the season. The first goal by a defenseman for the Montreal Canadiens this season altogether. It's one nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. Of course, a few minutes later, um, power play for the Sabres. Uh, Brendan Gallagher was off for a trip. Jeff Skinner basically standing on the goal line. Uh, but nobody even tries to challenge him. He just takes a shot up and over Jake Allen uh, in top cheese. And it is 1-1. Uh, really not liking the way that the penalty killers just let him stand there and take that shot. I know he's got a bad angle, but you got to come out and challenge the guy at least a little bit. Uh, Sabres from that point, they start to take over a little bit. Even at the 5-on-5 game, which has been Montreal's bread and butter this season. A uh, few really rough shifts for the Habs. Uh, particularly in the defensive zone. They just can't seem to get out. It was a a much better game for them in the neutral zone and in the offensive zone. But once they were in their own zone, they just could not get the puck out. They were struggling real hard uh, to actually get anything going the other way. Late in the period, Peyton Krebs did land a pretty nasty, uh, gutless hit from behind on Michael Pizzetta. Uh, he got a penalty for it, and the Habs did fuck all with the power play. But um, I, I had a, I thought Pizzetta was going to go over there and beat the shit out of him, and he didn't. Uh, so I guess kudos to him for holding back and allowing the um, the power play to happen. But of course, you know, I almost would have liked to see him go over and beat the shit out of him because they're not doing anything with the power play anyways. Who cares if you get a two-minute for the instigator? Uh, anyways, that was it. 1-1 at the end of 1, and we go into the second period. It's a little bit more back and forth in the second period. Habs looking a little bit better to start this one at the very least, but a little over 5 minutes in, Arbor Jacki takes a penalty for dumping Kyle Poso in front of the net. Um, I didn't really love that one. I do love Jacki's instinct to protect his goaltender, but Poso had not touched Jake Allen. I would have liked for him to at least wait until he tried to put a stick on him or something and then bury him. Uh, either way, you got to like the instinct, and the Habs do manage to kill that off, so the penalty kill got a little bit better as this game went on. 
And uh, that was an important one for them because, uh, you know, a, a 2-1 goal for the Sabres with how they started to control the 5-on-5 play a little bit more would have been uh, potentially a backbreaker and could have ended that game. Um, Sabres, at this point, are doubling the Habs up in shots on goal, so they need to turn that kill into some energy. And uh, Kyle Poso off with a little bit more than five minutes to go. Uh, the power play looked a lot better than the first attempt that they had, but they were still unable to get anything into the damn net. Less than a minute to go. Uh, this time is Justin Barron. He's off for a cross-checking penalty. Sean Monahan almost scored a shorthanded goal, um, but nothing doing. And we got about a minute of time left to kill on that penalty in the start of the third period. The Habs managed to kill it off. They do manage to kill it off, but at the end of that power play, the shots were 26 to 13. They are still getting doubled up in shots. Big stick taps owed to Jake Allen for the fact that this game is still tied. And a few minutes later, some fantastic transitional play by the third line. Tanner Pearson carrying it in on the left side. He throws it out front. Brendan Gallagher gets two whacks on it. And for the second game in a row, we see some vintage Brendan Gallagher scoring from his office, which is about six inches away from the edge of the crease, sometimes even in the crease. And it is two to one for the Montreal Canadiens. Just past the midway point of the period, Monaghan goes off for a trip. Bit of a suspect call. I felt like, uh, who was it? It was Connor Clifton. I felt like he folded that one up a little bit as soon as he felt the stick anywhere near his foot. And the Sabres pressing for the equalizer, but the Habs managed to kill that off. David Savard blocked a shot with his hand and then another one with his foot that took his skate blade completely off. So it was basically a five-on-three for a good 40 seconds there. And Jake Allen, just fantastic in net, uh, kept the score 2-1 to one for the Montreal Canadiens. And that was extremely important because not long after that, Really good offensive zone shift by the fourth line. Michael Pizzetta draws a call by driving down low and getting towards the net. Habs back to the power play. Now, the power play has been shit this season. It's been shit. We all know this. But towards the end of it, there's maybe 15 seconds left in that penalty. An absolutely gorgeous passing play by the second unit. Alex Newhook along the wall throws it down to Brennan Gallagher. Immediate one-tap pass out front to Tanner Pearson, and he one-touches that thing right into the back of the net. It's tic-tac Tanner. 3-1 for the Montreal Canadiens. The Sabres would pull Eric Comrie immediately after that as soon as they got the chance, but it was nothing doing. The Habs didn't allow anything, despite the fact that the extra skater with the net empty has been one of their Achilles heels so far this season. That's your final 3-1 for the Montreal Canadiens. I gotta be honest with you guys. This is the first win of the season that irks me a little bit. It does. And I, I know what some of you are thinking. A win is a win is a win. Shut the fuck up, Matt. But hear me out here for a second. I don't love them getting outpossessed, outshot that badly and winning. I don't like the goaltender having to be the linchpin in the victory. Um, I mean, you could argue he was the linchpin in, in the previous game against Washington as well, but they were the far better team at 5-on-5. Five five. Now, I will say this, all right? Uh, the win, to, I'm not going to sit here and complain about the fact that they won because they did have far better scoring chances. High-danger scoring chances, according to Natural Statric, were 12-4 to in favor of the Habs. So the Sabres were focused really on quantity, not quality. They were just trying to throw everything on net and see what they could get past uh, Jake Allen because maybe, maybe they watched the tape of the previous game against Washington and said, well, we need to throw throw everything we can at the net and try to get something through. Um, and the Habs, on the other hand, they were really trying to get to the slot, and they were getting to the slot quite a bit. And uh, you, you saw that, you know, again, on the power play, they scored one down low out front. Brandon Gallagher got one down low out front. Uh, they only had one goal that came from the point, and that was just off of a freak long rebound that Justin Barron pounced on. So, um, again, the, the win irks me a little bit, but I'm willing to 
accept it. Uh, I'm willing to say good job, Habs. And not only did they win 3-1, now their record is 3-1-1. A surprising start. Did anybody have them with that good of a record through five games? I don't think so. So I think we got to say kudos to the team, kudos to the coaching staff. So far, they've you know they've they've played better than people expected them to, and they've done so despite the fact that injuries have been an issue for them. Now, your player of the game. Um, I'm going to talk about Jake Allen for sure, but I'm not going to give him player of the game. I got to give that honor this time to Brendan, the Honey Badger Gallagher. Um, man. It's been a pretty steep drop-off for him in terms of his play uh, over the last couple of years. We know injuries have really um, been a problem for him. Uh, He looks a lot slower than he ever has been. And the data on the new advanced uh, statistics that the NHL is providing, they show that, as a matter of fact, yes, his top speed has come down considerably over the last couple of years. However, um, you don't need to be a speedster when you do what he does best, which is get to the front of the net and get shots in high danger areas. That's what he's been doing for the last couple of games. He's gone back to vintage Brendan Gallagher where he's just constantly looking to get down in front. It's not pretty. None of the goals that he scores when he's doing that are pretty. They're always ugly ones, but they don't ask how, they ask how many. And in the last two games, he's got two goals and they've been two big ones, tight games in which his goals have made a significant difference for this team. So this could be a resurgence, nay, a reinvention for Brendan Gallagher. When he was younger, uh, speed was part of his game, right? That was how he, he, he would really affect things in transition was being able to um, as a winger, he would kind of fly the zone a little bit early. One of his linesmates would hit him. He would carry that thing down. And he would have no problem running right into a brick wall of another defenseman because he was confident in his abilities to win a board battle and kick that puck out to one of his teammates once he gained the zone. Um, and, of course, getting to the front of the net was one of the main ways that he would generate his scoring. And now he doesn't have that speed, so he's not as effective in transition. But they've put together a really interesting line there uh, with him and Tanner Pearson and Sean Monahan, where they're they you can tell that they're not fast like when you're watching them you at no point will go oh wow this line is incredibly quick uh but the one thing that you do note is that they have an innate ability to understand where the other line mates are on the ice they find each other very well their breakout passes are crisp um they they don't try any long lead passes they don't try any hero passes they're they're not looking to stretch the ice uh and really turn the other team on its head with their speed what they're doing is they're just playing smart good positional hockey and um I've been enjoying it uh, over the last two games, and uh, I hope it continues because this has been uh, the best that we've seen Brendan Gallagher look in a long time. And, you know, he's getting paid a fair bit of money by the Montreal Canadiens. They kind of need him to be, you know, at least some way decent uh, over the next couple of years uh, if they have any hope of trading him or if they have any hope of competing with him on the roster. I mean, he can't, you, you, you can't just shove him down on the fourth line making north of $6 million and expect that that's going to be okay because that's far too much money to be paying a fourth line player so you need him to work somewhere in your middle six at the very least and the configuration that we're seeing right now it works it's going very well uh it was a fantastic game from brennan gallagher he deserves to be player of the game and 100 percent um i'd say you can go back to that washington game this is two of the best games we've seen him play in in years so it's it's a good sign uh and hopefully a sign of things to come uh, from Brendan Gallagher because getting some of that depth scoring is going to take focus away from guys like Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki and really let them get to cooking a little bit more, uh, particularly at five on five. So um, good news. Good news. Love to see it. Um, 
And you can't talk about this game without talking about Jake Allen, though. He was excellent. Again, high danger scoring chances heavily favored the Habs. So, you know, uh, you, you play that game. I don't know. If you play that game 10 times, I don't know if the Habs win six of them. But certainly they win all of them if Jake Allen's playing like that. Because, you know, the the, the Sabres just weren't doing enough at five on five, at least, to create lateral movement from him. And he was get, he was able to get squared to everything that they were trying. And when he gets squared to it and, and you're shooting from distance, right, you're not getting down into that low slot area. He's not an easy goaltender to beat. He might not be what he once was, but he's still a very effective goaltender in terms of his positioning. And if you're not making him move more, you're, you're going to have trouble scoring on him. The only goal they got was a really nice shot by Jeff Skinner, which again, as I mentioned during the recap, I felt like the penalty killers really should have been trying to challenge him at least a little bit. But hey, great game from Jake Allen. That's two in a row where he's looked like just absolutely fantastic. So again, I, I wonder... You get around to the trade deadline. The Habs have, are carrying three goaltenders. You know that they're not going to carry three goaltenders all year. They're looking to try and move at least one of those guys. Um, I, I wonder if contenders, I wonder if the Buffalo Sabres aren't interested in Jake Allen uh, based on how their season has gone so far after you know sitting through that game and, and trying to put pucks past them. I don't know. I feel like there's probably at least a few contenders that have goaltenders that are certainly worse than Jake Allen looks right now. So... I don't know, man. Two great games in a row from him. Two great games in a row from Brendan Gallagher. Um, I really liked Alex Newhook in that game as well. You guys have all heard me complain about the drop pass, the neutral zone drop pass on the fucking power play many, many times in this podcast. Um, He's the one guy that actually makes it look good. When they do it with him, he's actually able to gain the zone. Uh, I mean, he'll either either gain the zone on his own if, if there's if the defense are allowing him enough space to cut through uh, and he doesn't have to jump through a bunch of sticks or anything. And if he can't, he's usually able to find a pass that crosses the line and gets them set up. And we saw that, um, I believe, on the same sequence where they ended up scoring, uh, where they did the drop pass, he gained the zone, and then they passed it around for a little while. Like I think all five of them touched the puck on that play. Uri Slavkovsky would have got the tertiary assist if that existed because he was the one that threw it over to Newhook on the wall before they started the tic-tac-toe. So, um, you know, if, if Newhook can be a part of a power play unit that actually starts to look a little bit better, I would seriously consider bumping him up to the top unit with Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. Um, they still they still have not really been able to figure out how to make that work, that first unit. And I, I wonder if throwing Newhook up there and letting him be the guy who carries the puck in and get him set up. I mean, maybe that facilitates things a little bit. Maybe it makes it a little bit easier getting the zone and they can start focusing more on, on how to move that puck effectively, get it over to Cole Caulfield without a guy standing directly in front of him, clogging up the shot lane. So um, I don't know, just a thought, but Alex Newhook on the power play, man, uh, I've really been enjoying him, really been enjoying his play overall in general, but um, particularly on the power play, man. Last but certainly not least, I think you got to talk about Tanner Pearson. Um, I was talking about it earlier in the game uh, before he even scored the power play goal. He came in on the left side at one point, and he had nowhere to go with the puck, right? He had a shitty angle, but he just kind of let go of that sneaky release that he's got, and he almost got it through Eric Comrie. Um, and it was a really unfavorable angle to be shooting from basically all the way at the outside hash mark when he let it go, uh, but still managed to almost fool him. He's got a sneaky good shot, and... Now, just look at how good he's been through the early games of this season. Again, I I hate to go back to talking about trades, but if you're a contender and you're watching the Montreal Canadiens and you're thinking, who can I maybe call them about when the time comes? I I don't understand how he wouldn't be one of the first players that you'd ask about. Cheap, especially by the time the deadline rolls around. He's not going to cost you very much. Helps you out on the power play, maybe. 
helps you out five on five. He's got that sneaky good release. Smart player, well positioned, seems pretty responsible defensively as well. I I think he's probably got a lot more value than the Vancouver Canucks had estimated, but they needed to get rid of that contract, and now Montreal maybe gets the benefit from the fact that uh, he was undervalued because Vancouver just really needed to clear out some of that cap space. I mean, um, another potentially brilliant move by Kent Hughes bringing in a guy that still has a lot of hockey left in him, but uh, the team that he was with just didn't have it in them or, or didn't have the cap space to keep him around anymore. Uh, you got to love it. You got to love it. So, you know, to go back to what I said uh, right after I finished the recap, I wasn't thrilled with this win just because I don't love it when the goaltender has to bail them out that many times in a game. But I, I think when you look at it overall, when you look at how they were able to get to the slot, how they were they were getting quality chances, even if the quantity wasn't there, I think there are at the very least good things you can take from that game and apply moving forward. Um the one thing that irked me more than anything was probably the, the penalty kill. But, um, you know, Jake Allen, your goaltender often has to be your best penalty killer anyways. So it's not too concerning. Although, you know, they <laughs> something they got to figure out because they can't uh, they can't be that futile with it. They can't be just letting guys stand uh, even down at the bottom of the circle like that, like like Jeff Skinner did and just shoot without anybody challenging him. You got to get sticks in there. You got to get your body in the way. You got you got to do something uh, to at least challenge him, not just sit in your shell and just wait for something to happen, which is kind of seems like is their strategy really. Um, Sean Monahan did have some good sequences on the penalty kill. He actually almost scored a goal, as I mentioned during the recap. So um, there's there, there's personnel there. Like they they seem to have the personnel to have a good special teams on on both sides, whether it be the power play or the penalty kill. It just seems like they struggle to actually put together systems, and that's why I think it was back in game two, maybe game one even. I was saying, like, maybe we need to fire um, Alex Burroughs because I, I just I just don't see the strategy coming together cohesively. But, hey, they're winning games. So uh, I guess sometimes I just got to shut up and uh, enjoy the wins. So I guess we'll cut it off there. What are we running? Uh, over 18 minutes, about 18 and a half. So c'est une grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. Uh, we are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate that very much. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you, as always, for listening. And of course, à la prochaine.